it's always awesome when we get to hear from a professional athlete. And now we get to hear from a professional athlete from the Treasure Valley of Idaho. He's making Idaho proud, crushing it in the MLR. He's a professional rugby player for Rugby ATL. And you guys are going to love this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys today. Make sure you guys go check out our sponsor, 208 Printing, here in the Treasure Valley. Make sure to go check them out if you have any printing needs, if you have jerseys that you need to have done, shirts, merchandise, whatever you need done, check out 208 Printing. They are the partner and sponsor of the Game Time Guru podcast. Also, make sure you guys are listening to this, that you subscribe to the podcast and leave me a five-star review. It really helped me out um, so that we can continue to build this brand and this show three and a half years later. Guys, today it is my honor to introduce our guest on the show for this week. His name is Harley Davidson, and I'm sure we'll probably talk, and this is probably not the first time you've ever heard this, but like about the name um, and whatnot, but it's not the motorcycle. We're talking about the professional rugby player out of Idaho here in the Treasure Valley. We'll get to know him a little bit better, but Harley, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, man. So rugby, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy sport because of the growth of this sport. I mean, it's it's one of those sports that uh, worldwide is well known, but in the United States, it seems like we were behind the times a little bit in, in regards to like the, the speed of the growth of the, of the sport itself. However, it does seem to be picking up steam in later, or sorry, in recent years, I should say. First though, we got to get to know you and how you even started playing rugby because you went to Capitol High School, which is here in the Treasure Valley of Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just like any other, like Capital was known for basketball and football, and they've got other sports like they're the mainstream sports. How did you decide to go play rugby? Like, what was what made your your shift over there instead of playing a traditional sport, quote unquote? So, I mean, uh, it was actually my brother that got me into it. I was really big into to football and wrestling, and then uh, my brothers he uh, he was a junior and I was a sophomore. He's like, hey, you got to come check out the sport. You know, it's awesome. We've been training. Uh, I think it was like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll come watch your game this weekend and see how it goes. And saw him play, and I was, like, immediately hooked. Like, I was a little intimidated at first because, like, at that time I was super small. But he says, don't worry, you know, doesn't, there's big guys on the field. There's little guys on the field. There's a spot for you, you know. And uh, once I got into it, I, I was immediately hooked. And uh, even though, like, it was crazy, I mean, like, you talked about how the growth, uh, it, it was insane. Because, like, when, we, when I first started out playing rugby in Idaho, it was basically just – Jacob, Matt Jacobson, the coach, he was kind of the one just kind of building it and basically was just teaching us the game. And it uh, wasn't a whole lot of teams at the time. And then now you look at it, look at the growth, like the, a lot of the guys that played club rugby there, and they, they've done a phenomenal job in growing the game there. And so it's big, big shout out to them. So it's good. Man, that's, that's crazy. So it's only been, what, like less than 10 years, I'm assuming, that you've been playing the sport? Yeah. So, or yeah. around there, I would imagine. Yeah, so that's crazy. Um, man. Whenever I watch rugby, it's, it's crazy to me because when I go back into my high school days, I'm not much older than you. I'm, I'm almost 32. But when I go back into my high school days, even my freshman year at Boise State University when I was 18, they had a club team. And 
rugby was kind of like one of those things like everybody was looking at it but nobody really knew and then just like mm -hmm. you know flash forward 15 20, you know 15 16 years later it's it's crazy now we're talking to people like yourself playing professional rugby now you know you, you mentioned you played you know football and wrestling how long have you been into sports has it been since you were a little kid like being athletic Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I was I was the youngest of four boys, and I seen my older brothers play sports. I was always trying to follow them around, and even being the smallest, I'd try to compete against them. So I, I was I was always hooked on sports. When you say the smallest, how how small are you, quote unquote? You say small. How small are you? <laughs> uh, now I, I'm I've grown a lot, but like uh, now I'm I'm five nine, one hundred ninety two pounds. So. Yeah. You're like a, you're a tank, dude. That's, that's a pretty <laughs> stacked five, nine, if, if, if yeah. you're asking me, but okay. So, but just shorter in stature compared to like, like basketball players and football. Yeah, and so, so you just kind of, you're probably a scrapper back then, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> answer me this then. So when you got into rugby, let, let, I want to hear this Harley, when you get into rugby, what was the training like in rugby compared to maybe that of football and wrestling for you? What was the training sessions like? How did you prepare for, for matches and so forth? I mean, it was, it was definitely different because, like, it was, I was still learning and it was just so much. So, I just try, at the time, I tried to be a sponge and try to learn as much as I can. Um, but when you compare it to football, football, you kind of specialize in one in a set of skills. Like, you know, back then I was, a, I was a defensive back. So, it was all defense, all tackling, all covering people, reacting. And so, that kind of helped with rugby. But, like, rugby is so more about change of pace and and it's not just defense you're you're on the field for you know you'd be on the 80, on the field for 80 minutes so you're playing you're running with the ball you're tackling you're doing both you're doing everything so you you have to be a little more kind of a jack of all trades in that sense on the field and then uh, a lot of it when it comes down to kind of separates people from the elite uh, to the elite levels kind of your skills as well when it comes to uh, passing reading the defense reading the attack so a lot of that comes a lot of ways. You kind of have to think a little more on the field. Dude, that's, that's really interesting you mentioned that. So the whole point of this show, for those who are tuning in for the first time maybe or are new to the show, is to show people that, like, athletes are not dumb jocks. I hated when people would say that, <laughs> when people would call me a dumb yeah. jock, like, you're, you're dumb. I'm like, no. It, like, sports actually takes it's, – it's a, it's a very, very technical thing. Like, it, every sport's different, mm -hmm. but, like, it's technical. I would encourage anybody who's never, you know, read a – a playbook for a football program to go read a playbook and see if you understand it or run a couple yeah. sets in basketball, or in your case, you've got to understand everything on the, on the rugby pitch, right? You got to figure out everything that's going on a Jack of all trades. That's it's, it's an IQ thing, not just a physical, like, Oh, I'm a freak of nature when it comes to yeah. physical abilities. No, you got to be smart. I think that's really interesting. You mentioned that though, because you have to understand the intricacies of the game, like every little detail, because you could be playing for 80 minutes. Um, so here's the question. You were a defensive back. You used to play football, working on tackling. And the question always comes up for rugby about, like, injuries and injury prevention. Football and, and that, I guess, that form of tackling and so forth. What, what are your feelings on that as far as rugby? Have you had as many injuries in rugby as you did in football, even though you don't have pads? And, and what's your thoughts on the tackling form in rugby? Do you feel like they've done a better job at, like, taking precautions for uh, precautionary measures for, for injuries and so forth? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think with football, you're you're kind of in a suit of armor, so you kind of feel like you're invincible, even though you're really not. So you kind of just throw your body around, uh, kind of careless. And so, like one thing in football, they always taught me is you know put your face mask in their chest. Well, that creates a lot of issues, especially when it comes to concussions. And so that down the road, that that's not exactly the smartest thing for you. Uh, rugby, they they teach you safe, safe tackling. They put your head on the backside. They uh, and uh, it, the biggest thing too is like you have to wrap. You can't tackle high. 
um, you want to, and you have to kind of care, control them on the way down. You can't just just throw shoulder into them, which can cause even more injury. So I mean, I've I've had my injuries in uh, in in rugby, but you're also you're practicing safe techniques to kind of prevent that. Or rather, it was football. You kind of just throw your body around aimlessly and kind of set you up for for dangerous tackles. Totally. It's super interesting, especially hearing someone like yourself who plays at the professional level, like hearing it from you, because yeah, it's one of those things. A lot of people, you know, the general public sees rugby and they're like, Oh, it's so violent. And they don't realize like, no, there's a lot of stuff that go- it's technical. It's a very technical mm-hmm. game. Um, so talk about this. You go to Capitol high, you, you're playing rugby. When did this even come into your mind that you wanted to continue playing rugby after high school? And what were the opportunities there? I know here locally in the Treasure Valley of Idaho, we've got club teams like Snake River used to be the team at the time. Um, I think they've changed to whatever it is now. But, uh, but anyways, that was a big, big team around here. But wh- where did you even go and what did you decide there? Like, how did you know you wanted to continue playing? I mean, uh, like, my biggest thing is, like, uh, I wasn't – I was never the biggest. I was never, like, the fastest. I was always a fast kid but never had that, that speed kind of that set me apart from everybody else, you know. And so, like, I was always just had an incredible, incredible amount of work ethic, and that was, like, my big thing is I just wanted to outwork everybody. And so, like, when it came to football, that only really got me so far because at the time I was a senior in high school, 170 pounds, wasn't really going to be going anywhere big, and, like – I. And I already always played with the ideas like I want to play rugby, but at the time, you know, I didn't know what to look forward to because I didn't know what it was like at the collegiate level. I didn't know what it was like at the professional level. I just knew it was something I was playing in high school and it's something I really, really loved, but I didn't know where it could take me. And so I definitely wanted to pursue rugby. I just wasn't sure where or how. And then once I learned about Snake River Rugby, uh, Mike Saunders, who was the coach at that time, I took a year off after high school, played with uh, under with uh, Snake River and uh Mike Saunders, he, he, he saw something in me and he says, you know, we need to get this kid to go somewhere because I was, it, it was only a D2 club at the time. And he says, uh, so he, he played around with the idea. He knew someone down at Life University, which was uh, Dan Payne. And he says, you can go play there. And I was playing with the idea and talked to some of the guys. He's like, look, he says, you have your whole life to play club, club rugby, but you only get so, so much time to play college ball. Says, and then on top of that, you can go out there, play elite level rugby. And then on top of that, you can get an education on it out of it so so it was it was, it was an easy choice so I, I thank you thanks like a ton of thanks to the snake river guys and, and mike saunders uh they helped me get out to, to life university and that's kind of where my dream started there okay so life university talk to us about that because that might be a little bit foreign to some people they might not understand oh yeah life university isn't it in georgia yeah it's in uh, it's in marietta georgia and, and honestly anytime i tell people at life university unless they they play rugby or they're a chiropractor they've you wouldn't even know it existed and uh but it's it's a it's a really good school I'm actually doing the chiropractic program right there right now and uh while I'm playing for ATL but when I got there it's I had no idea that they were they fairly their undergrad was fairly new uh to to rugby but they've always had a club team and uh their undergrad team the previous year had some really good success they made it to the final for sevens they won the sevens the previous year before I got there and so it was it was a really good I don't know. I got really hyped about it because I knew I was going to be able to play some high level rugby going out there. And, uh, I got my opportunity in the summer. I went, showed up to a camp and the coach liked what he saw and, and gave me an offer. So heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So how many years did you play there before you decided, you know, like, okay, I, I have a chance to go pro. And when was that? Like, when did that actually come to fruition where you were like, Oh, people are looking at, I have an opportunity to play the professional level. When did that all kind of come to? 
so when I was playing for life, I, the coaches talked about like being able to send guys over overseas to play club rugby and try to work their way up. So like, I was kind of an opportunity before MLR. I was like, so I still have an opportunity to play high level rugby. I can keep trying to get better and try and work my way to the professional level. It just has to be overseas. So I try to still being new to the game. Cause you know, I'm going to be competing against guys that been over the seas that have been playing rugby since, you know, there's five and six years old. So I didn't have that. I started, you know, when I was 16 years old. And so I, I just knew I just had to put in the work. And, uh, but then once uh, my senior year, there were talks about the, the MLR coming in and I just saw an opportunity and I was already getting reached out to a few teams, reached out by a few teams. And uh, once uh, Colorado reached out, I knew it was closer to home and it was kind of like a big deal for me, especially my girlfriend and I were both really close with our family uh, from Idaho. And so that was, it was kind of an easy choice to go back to Colorado. That's so. crazy. So the MLR, so we, we've spoken about the MLR on the show a couple of times. We had a coach on here uh, from a local high school. His name is Jeff Harward. He um, coaches uh, women's rugby, female, the girls rugby team over at Rocky Mountain High School. And then we had uh, Rob as well as Matt Workin, who was in the MLR. So Rob was with uh, Snake River Rugby Club and then uh, Matt Workin played for Nola Gold at the time, then was at New York the second year, I believe. And we talked about the MLR and how it was structured. We were wondering how it was going to last, right? Like, would it, would it last? Do we have enough popularity? We've tried to have professional leagues in the United States a couple of times for rugby. It's just one of those things. It's, it was, it's one of those things that's unfortunate about the United States is we're late to the game um, when it comes to certain sports, rugby being one of those. But it seems from the sports fan and the general public's like perspective on the outside that it is a well-run organization I want to know like your first year in the MLR you're with Glendale Raptors if I'm not mistaken what mm -hmm. was the whole experience like playing in Colorado for that program and and, and the MLR's first year of existence did it feel like a pretty well-ran program yeah I mean uh, luckily like Glendale the Raptors have always kind of been like a really solid club and they've always been in the PRP and 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 doing a fairly good job I'm pretty consistent on trying to make it to the finals and so it was they already had that professional standard kind of a lot like how life was when it was run by Scott Lawrence Dan Payne and um when I was there and so it was as far as how things were run you know you knew you're going to be playing high level rugby no matter what because how things were run there um and so the MLR was just an opportunity to play better quality teams because it was bringing in more high quality players and uh but it was it was a, it was a whole nother level. I mean, I I college was a big step up from uh, the college level, and so that only motivated me more because I'm always the type of person, like I said, I'm just going to put in the work, and I love to outwork, try to outwork people, and at the same time push them because if they're getting better, then I'm getting better, and that's the big thing. There's like I just the amount of growth I did just in the fall season there with them, they helped me grow so much, and that's when I think I got more into a lot of like the mental aspect of the game a lot of more meditation and, and visualization exercises because that helped me a ton especially at the elite level I think that's what kind of broke me off uh, set me up for uh, more success there and uh the like you said the growth and getting people out in the game was I mean Glendale was known as the rugby town USA so they had a really really great fan base there and so it was, it was something really special about being able to be a part of that so especially after the games you know, some of my favorite photos and stuff is from after the games with I'm being able to sign autographs for kids and, and being a part of that, being a part of youth rugby. And that was something that was like really, really special. And that that helped kind of change my mentality and like more so about growing the game in America and being able to be part of something special, being part of the inaugural season of the MLR 
and, and building something, you know. So it's something I'm going to remember for my whole life for sure. And, and it, it's, it's truly special to be part of. That's actually super cool because I was actually following um, your guys' program, your, your guys' club, as well as a few others um, throughout the first year pretty closely. I would follow them on Instagram and so forth. And I'd see like the, it was, I don't know if it was like a band or whatever they were doing. It was like outside the stadium and stuff. Like they'd have mm -hmm. a lot of fans. There was just the community was like huge around the club. I thought it was really, really cool. What was, uh, who was the first player that like really rocked you though? I want to know that. Like when you got into the professional level, you're playing high level rugby, like the highest level rugby right now. Like, you know, you're playing now you went from high school, you went to the collegiate level and then you get to the next level. There's always going to be somebody who rocks you. Who do you remember who the first person was where you got your bell rung a little bit and you're like, Whoa, okay. This is a professional game now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's, I can think of two guys. Um, one, I know one guy I never, ever wanted to tackle. It, it was always difficult. was a uh, policy. Uh, he was one guy. And I remember he was coming down the field. He had like 15 meters to build up speed. And I was like, Oh crap. But luckily Chad London, he was right in front of me. So he tried to go and tackle him. He got bumped off, but luckily just enough. So I can just kind of jump on and tackle Paul Lusike. And then the other guy was, uh, uh, my, my friend, uh, Honko. He, uh, he got a line break on the outside and then bumped me on the end, on the edge, and uh, ended up scoring a try off it. So that one, that one hurt. But uh, that was good, though, because I, I like stuff like that because it's, it's something you learn from and you get better at, you know. Totally. It's funny. When you, I always tell people I use it as a boxing reference because when I, when I fought for Golden Gloves, it was one of the things, like, you get hit really hard sometimes. And the, the hits don't stop coming. David Goggins actually said this, too. It was very similar to what I experienced. You get hit really hard the first time. And then over time, it's not like the hits are like, it's not like those people hitting you are like hitting you any less hard. Like they're coming at you harder, bigger, stronger, faster, mm -hmm. which kind of callous your mind. You realize like, okay, I can take a hit. I can do this. I can, I can stick with these guys. And then it starts to build confidence and you start to continue to grow and all that stuff. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to hear that. Now, you know, what was your, what was the decision? I guess it's a business, like a professional rugby. It's, a yeah. it's just like any professional sport. You're now over rugby ATL in Atlanta, Georgia. You went from Colorado over to, to Atlanta. You mentioned that uh, you mentioned that you liked um, being close to home, right? Because yeah. you're Idaho. So obviously this must be a change for you, not only from the, the club side of things because you're playing for a new team, but it's a cultural change for you. But granted, you went to school down there. Tell us a little bit about that change and uh, what you're looking forward to and what it's, what's the change like, the, the, the difference between clubs? I mean, it, it, was, it was a very, very difficult, difficult choice. And it wasn't just my choice alone. It had to be a decision made by uh, also my girlfriend, Monse. Um, we were trying to decide what was best for the both of us. And, uh, I think the biggest, biggest positive about it is was not only be able to, cause I've, honestly, if it was just up to me. Like I, I played under Scott Lawrence. I know the type of guy he is and I know how he's going to run a team because he's more, he's about really, really big. He's always got a plan, you know, and he's big about not only building really, really good rugby players, but about building quality men off the field as well. And so I knew I was just going to grow so much as not only as a rugby player, but as a person, if I got to play under him. And so that was, that was right there was an easy choice, but what couldn't have been my decision alone. So it had to be my girlfriend's choice as well. And so the big uh, positive, that was kind of a no brainer. It was just too good of an opportunity. It was not only playing for rugby ATL under Scott Lawrence, they were going to be able to get my girlfriend a job out there, out here. Oh, wow. And then, okay. but on, but on top of that though, was being able to continue my education and start the chiropractic program while I'm playing for rugby ATL. So now I'm, I play with uh, the life men's club in the fall. And then I'll play with ATL in the spring, but doing that, it gets me scholarship to go to school and, and uh, be in the chiropractic program. That's awesome, man. So yeah. that kind of brings me to the next question, Harley is after rugby's done. I mean, obviously we, 
as an athlete, you can, you want to play as long as you possibly can. And so yeah, that's the plan, right? You play as long as you possibly can, but when rugby's done, everybody, when their, their playing days eventually will end at some point, whether that's 10, 20 years down the road, who knows, are you planning on being into like being a chiropractor? Is that kind of the, the field of work that you'd like to go into then? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I knew growing up, I, I thought about, uh, when I was in high school, I thought about doing firefighting because I know I always, always wanted to help people. I wanted to make a difference. And, um, I think the big thing that brought me to chiropractic was, uh, was not only the opportunity to be able to help people, it was a good opportunity. And, and there, I saw a lot of things I liked about chiropractic and, and the way they approach, approach people. And, and, and the fact that, you know, they're not, you're not just taking care of just sick patients or broken patients, but you're also preventing, you know, people from getting sick or getting hurt. And so I, um, so I, I saw an opportunity there, but like the big thing that kind of brought me to that was I was always the type of person who was like, you know, don't give yourself a plan B, you know, stick to plan A. I'm going to go far with rugby and I'm going to, I'm going to go as far as I can. But then it kind of was a wake up call, you know, first year MLR concussion, second year of MLR concussion. And it's like, huh, you know, it was kind of a wake up call. Like, unfortunately, as much as I want to, I can't play forever. It's not going to happen. So what am I going to do after rugby? I, I mean, I know I still want to help people and I'm always going to be part of rugby. I don't think I'll ever leave the rugby atmosphere. I, I will always do what I can to, to help grow the game and help grow rugby in America and do what I can to help those around me, especially in my community. But uh, I can also uh, take care of my, my, uh, my family in the future with chiropractic as well. And so I was just, it was just a, it was an easy, easy choice, you know? I think it's smart, man. I think it's super smart to kind of at least have an eye on the future. You know, you want to stick to your goals right now, but have your eye and prepare yourself for the future. I think that's super important. Now I was reading statistics from you, Harley, like 2019, you played over a thousand minutes. You played over 1200 minutes uh, throughout the season. It said 1210. So 1,210 minutes all year. You scored eight tries. I mean, you like looking at all of your stats here. I mean, I'm sure that's how rugby breaks it down, but it is like a chance. Yeah. It's talking about how many times you tackled, how many times you scored, how many times you did this. Your first try, though, in the MLR, I want to know that. You, your first time scoring a try in the MLR, maybe it was 2018, I don't even know. Tell, tell us about the very first time you scored a try because you're a pretty well-known name in the <laughs> MLR. Just so everybody knows he's kind of humble and quiet about it, but like Harley's a, a well-known name. So your first time scoring a try, though, I want to know what that was like at the professional level. Like, wow, I scored a try in the MLR. Like, what was the first time and what was it like? I think my biggest worry is because getting that first one out of the way is always the toughest. Uh, and I don't know. I just – it was such a good feeling and being able to do it at home, too, is like being – the players around me and then them chanting my name. It was like – I don't know. It was, it was just really kind of euphoric in a way. But, you know, once you got out of the way, it's, it's, it's rugby, you know. It's, you can't dwell on the moment too much because the next moment's coming. And so you just move on to the next job. Yes. Know? Next play up, you know, you, get, you celebrate yeah. for a quick second, then you're good to go. That's awesome, yeah. man. So the last thing we want to know is, like, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, which is super weird, unprecedented times. Anytime I talk to an athlete or any kind of sports figure, at least in the last couple of months, I want to know, like, I mean, obviously you got to continue to play. You got to continue to train. You got to continue to do, like, move forward each sport's handling things differently, you know, with the way that they're, they're going about it. What is the day like for Harley Davidson when it comes to preparing for everything right now in the middle of this pandemic? I mean, you know, the goals are still there. We still want to gr keep growing every day. And uh, uh, like I said, Scott, and Scott Lawrence is a phenomenal coach and he's built a really, really gr good group of guys here. And, and he's really built something special here with a lot, with all our coaches, you know, Lee, um, Matt Dallow, Nessa Malifa, 
Um, I know I'm missing a bunch of guys, uh, but you know, they've done a phenomenal job and we're still getting uh, skills in with Messi and my skills have gotten so much better. And Matt Dallow, that dude is, and he's our SNC coach and he's an absolute genius. I've, I've, I've grown so much. Like I, he's broken down my running technique. It's gotten so much better. And then uh, I've been hitting PRs and all of my lifts. The dude's just, he, he really knows what he's doing. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about the season to come. And so right now at the moment, it's just about preparing and uh, we're just all pushing each other and, and, that's all we can do is just keep looking forward. Heck yeah, man. So assuming everything goes according to plan, what do we expect to see from rugby ATL this season? Big things, big things. Uh, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely looking to, to make it to the final. I mean, that's going to be everyone's goal. Um, but I mean, we're going to be growing as players as well as people. And I think the, the big goal is obviously going to be making it to the final, winning a final, but not only that is, uh, is growing, uh, growing rugby in, in ATL and, and, and building something special here, something bigger than ourselves to, to leave our mark for, for the next person, for the next person to take the jersey, you know? I dig it, man. And it's something about rugby that, like, I always notice is, like, the class behind it. It's just, like, it's a classy sport. It's – someone call it a violent sport, but it's very, very classy. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of community uh, support. There's, there's a lot more to it than just the game, and I always respect – and when, every time you said something, it's like – you know, leaving something behind, growing the sport in the local community, doing this, doing that. Like, it's more than just the sport. There's so much more behind it. I think it's awesome. Last question for you, man. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Your name. Did it come from the motorcycle? <laughs> Do you like the motorcycle? Did your parents have a motorcycle? Like, how did, did the name come from that? I, I don't know. I want to know a more about your name. I, I wish I had some affiliation with uh, Harley Davidson, but I, I don't. No. Uh, my, my dad just, he really liked the name. And, um, my mom was super against it at first because she was worried I was going to be teased growing up, but it's been the exact opposite. It's been nothing but positive growing up. And that's, that's really all it was is my dad just really liked the name. Dude. Well, we need to get Harley. If you're listening to this, Harley Davidson, throw a sponsorship <laughs> out there, man. He needs some free motorcycles. So uh, <laughs> let's go. Well, Harley, I appreciate you joining the show. We'll let you get back. I know you're busy with school and training and all that stuff going on, but we really appreciate you joining the game time guru podcast. No, thank you, Shane. I appreciate it. This has been great. No doubt. Take care, guys. And for anybody who's listening, make sure you guys tune in next week. We'll be coming at you with another interview. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.